0: you wonderful looking people. This row of royal princesses right here. Just, I mean, guys, just in the spirit, like stretch out your heart towards them and just say fire of God all over them. In fact, right now we just declare protection, divine, angelic protection over each one of you that the favor of God would just rest on each one of your lives, that your destiny, God's future for each one of you, is going to be great and glorious and filled, filled with grace. Yes, I said your name on purpose. <laughs> trying to get, trying to get your attention. Filled with grace and peace and joy and righteousness in the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about that a little bit today, later on. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. We have a few people that are are uh, out today. We got Marilyn's got a water explosion under her house. Her and Mister Nice Guy are working on that. And uh, little Lynette, she's uh, no, she's doing something fun today. Actually, there's been a lot of crud going around. A lot of crud. I know Connie, you have been resurrected. You're back. After weeks of just battling that stuff, man, when it gets in the lungs, it does not want to go. So we're grateful that you're back. And uh, we we just declare perfect health over every person in this room and those that are sick at home. We just say, Holy Spirit, just invade the room where they're at right now and release life. Release life in Jesus' name. Let the healing that you paid for on the cross just come now in a greater measure we know they're already looking to you for help and for your hand of grace to release your health and healing, but we just say, Lord, let it come in a greater measure in Jesus' name. Yeah, well, here we are once again. You guys ready to worship? Why don't we stand up? We're gonna read a scripture together and we're gonna dive right on into it. All right, if you're all ready, Read it out loud with me, okay? Psalm 100. Lift up a great shout to the Lord. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. As you serve him, be glad and worship him. Sing your way into his presence with joy. And realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping the Lord our God. For he is our creator and we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. We can pass through the open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For the Lord is always good and ready to receive you. He is so loving that it will astound you. And he is famous for his faithfulness toward all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. So this morning, Lord God, we just lift up our hearts and our hands and we present our bodies to you to present everything we are, body, soul, spirit, as an offering to you today in worship. That is our spiritual act of worship, presenting our bodies to you as living sacrifices. So with these songs and with our lives, we lift up to you, God, and we say, come, Holy Spirit, and ignite our worship on fire. Ignite our lives, ignite these offerings on fire, and may it be a pleasing aroma to you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
1: Jesus, we're just struck by Your grace and mercy towards our lives. Undeserved, unwarranted. We don't have the right words to say, we don't have the right actions to do, but to just be grateful, to just be thankful. For your movement toward us. Thank you, Jesus. We align ourselves to a posture of gratefulness. It is only you that we need, it is only you that we want. and from that place we can truly say you deserve it all you deserve everything thank you jesus if there's anyone with a word or a testimony of God's faithfulness through this past week or the past month. Go ahead and come up and you can share. This week, I've been able to experience three different breakthroughs that let's <laughs> just Astounding to me, how it came together, because it wasn't really my extended effort that produced the result. It was literally the handiwork of God, orchestrating the steps and putting the things together. The one was the first one um, I've been working. Behind the scenes, um, to get a replenishment on some prescriptions that are helping me, um, helping my lungs stay stable, um, and my my doctors at the University of Washington believe that they're what's helping um, the stabilization process. And uh, um, it, when I tried to refill them from Walgreens. Um, two months ago, um, they said that it was $800 for a 30-day supply. And I was kind of uh, baffled. And like, what am I going to do? And uh, and then my next quote was from Cost Plus, uh, which was $160 for a 30-day supply, which was better than $800, but still $200 every month is a problem. Um, and so... I presented it to the University of Washington, and I said, is there an advocacy group that I can speak with uh, since this is a problem? Um, And I also spoke to Naira and um, and a few other sources. And finally, um, I was pointed in the direction of a Novartis Foundation, which is headquartered in Arizona, and um, began an application process that... um, basically provides a, a, a replenishment or a fulfilling of prescriptions um, and you have to have certain stipulations to qualify and uh, when I received their documentation, <coughs> there was a stanza in there that said I wouldn't qualify, so I thought we were dead, dead in the water. Um, Fast forward, that was, that was about a month ago when we received that portion. And so I just kept pressing in and just kept emailing, keeping the communication lines open. And uh, Novartis Foundation contacted me um, and opened up some hope Because they're like, we want you to proceed with the application, even though that stanza clearly said that I wouldn't qualify. Um, And so I turned everything in. And then on Friday this past week, I received news that they want to coordinate a a delivery, um, which is huge. Um, So that's a breakthrough. And then some of the things I've been working on uh, to try to remain productive for our family um, that I could potentially do from home um, is a, a web development course. And um, I, I did a first sort of trial run for that in July and was failing badly. Uh, it was just way too much information all at one time. Um, and so I took a step back for a month kind of repositioned myself and this progress <coughs> the second time around has turned out to be much more successful. Um, the instructors have been amazing and um, uh, j- just like almost everything has been set up in, a, in like a superior way to the first go around. Um, And so, like, some of the assessments have turned out to be much better results. Some of the projects have been, uh, even though they've been stretching me and challenging me at every phase, still I've been able to submit things that are um, things that I can be proud of and uh, things that meet the requirements. So these are just a few breakthrough examples of, like, major things that are finally, like, Falling into place that I can really be grateful, and there are like <laughs> a dozen things I could tell you that like need to be reworked and need to be refactored <laughs> while these things are going well, like these dozen things are problems <laughs> so <laughs> I don't like share this to be to like minimize the issues and like only highlight the good but um it's just an example of breakthroughs and sort of the unwarranted favor that God gives us that we can praise him and we can praise him in the midst of it even if we don't see the result yet and for me that's been a huge journey um the I mean the times that I've broken down and cried just like listening to Songs or just like here, like just at the worship times, just letting it sink into my heart. Like, I don't have, I don't have the right words, so like just let my heart cry, so to speak. Um, uh, it has been a journey and it has not been easy. Um, and some of these steps ha- are definitely not overnight changes. They're like months-long progressions. Um, and so um, when you stay at it and when you keep seeking and, you, and, you, and your posture can remain nimble, I feel like that's where God can do his work. So um, that's, that's what I have to share. So if anybody else has something that they want to add or something they want to share... Please feel free.
0: All right, so just, just stretch your hands towards them unless you want to come up here. <clears throat> so we just thank you, Jesus, for the testimony, that you're, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, and we just thank you that that his words, Joshua's words, are prophesying more. They're prophesying increase, breakthrough, and more. We thank you, God, that you are good, and you have shown him Breakthroughs that represent your nature and your character. So we just say yes and amen to those breakthroughs. We say yes and amen to what you're doing. And we just say, let it increase. Let the favor and the blessing and the increase come upon Josh and his family. In Jesus' name, we just say strength and life and more, 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 more in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for sharing.
2: So. Uh, just for for my own walk, uh, one of the things, you know, that I had come to realize, it's probably been several years ago, is that um, I did go to church as a kid. I was dragged there by my parents, and, um, you know, and as I've walked with the Lord, it, it just has become clear the whole difference between uh, religion and relationship and um so i you know i thought i was getting set free from from religion and it was part of even what what josh said about you know going deeper it just seems like the lord is like he's like we're gonna we are gonna go deep we are gonna pull out those things, and in that um, there is a grace and a kindness to uh, extend to the, to the religious folks that were in my past, and to give them grace, to give myself grace, and, um, you know, he's like, yeah, even in your, you know, even though you're angry with, you know, how, you um, Uh, kind of the things that I had to go through to get where I'm at. Um, He's like, we're going to let go of that too. (laughs) So, so yeah. Um, So I can see that, I believe Paul, he said that religion, or I think he called it the law, was like a teacher. And so, um, just, yeah, just want to echo what Josh said about, you know, the, the um, that God is going deeper, doing a deeper work, and uh, yeah, sometimes you think you want revenge, but you really just want everybody to be—you just want everybody to be healed. So that's been the work. Nothing glamorous this this time.
3: <laughs> I got to be nice to her. Some of you know. I broke my toe last week. I threw a roundhouse kick at Sharon and unfortunately she's pretty skilled in mixed martial arts uh, fighting. So she took me down pretty quick, broke my toe. No, not really. Sounds good, but the story is way more boring than that. Anyway, you know, having a broken toe, it's like, I guess it's like any illness. You know, you start thinking about it, and pretty soon you start accepting it. It's like, you know, I, I don't want to accept this, you know. Yeah, there's sickness out there. I broke my toe, and yeah, it hurt. There were some words said. <laughs> um, but, you know, when God created the world, it says he spoke, you know, and God said, and God said. And God said, When Jesus battled the devil when he was in the wilderness, you know, he didn't give him a right to the face and a knee into the midsection and a spinning back fist and took him down. No, he he spoke the word. You know, it is written. It is written. It is written. You know, when he told the uh, disciples, he says, I give you my authority. And you know, the disciples were unreligious enough to believe it. So what did they do? They went for it. They went out, they healed the sick. They opened blind eyes. You know, they healed lepers. When they came back, they said, even the demons are subject to us. But what did the Pharisees do? They just kind of picked it apart. You know, they reasoned it away. Who is this guy? He doesn't even wash his hands before he eats, you know. So basically, you know, yeah, my toe hurt, but then it's like, you know, in the natural, it does hurt. But you know what? I stand in the authority of Jesus right now. So do you guys. If Jesus walked in here right now and said, I give you my authority right now, would you look at it like the disciples and go for it? Or would you look at it like the Pharisees and pick it apart and just accept what's happening? You know, sometimes I'm a Pharisee. Sometimes I'm a disciple. Sometimes we've got to kick ourselves out of that religious spirit. You know, start speaking. You know, if you're sick, if your body's sick, if a loved one's sick, start speaking the word. You know, the New Agers have kind of made meditation a bad word, but start meditating on how you want to see the outcome. I want to see the outcome of my toe to where I can run and it doesn't hurt. I can kick a ball and it doesn't hurt. That's the outcome. I picture it in my mind and I speak the word of Jesus. I am healed, healthy, and whole. My body is restored. By his stripes, I was healed. Don't accept what's coming down, you know, if it's financial or whatever. Start speaking. Jesus has given us his authority. So kick yourself out of that religious spirit. Don't reason it away. You know, if it be the will of God, it'll happen. If it's not, it's not going to happen. We know what the will of God is. He wants us healed, healthy, whole, and prosperous.
0: And whoever else wants to come lay a hand on this this man of God man of the word yeah yeah there's healing in the room today Jesus is here and his presence is here and healing is in this room and so father we thank you for the healing we thank you for what you've provided and we just say let the, let the angelic come and be released now Let your little Novocaine angels just come and and zap that toe. Just release the fire of heaven right into that spot where the pain remains. And we just declare life and healing and mending of the bones. Mending of the bones. We speak to the toe now and we say bones be mended. Fibers of the bone just come together. Tissue come together and increase rapid recovery. In the name of Jesus Christ, our King. Thank you, Lord.
3: Yes. Do you want to add something? No. Yes. Thank you, kings and priests. <laughs>
0: Anybody else? Got some? Clayton, you got
3: a word to share with us?
0: <laughs> testimony? Testimony that your battery hasn't been stolen out of your car in Tacoma yet? Into com- Compton? <laughs> Anybody? Judy, you got a word to share? Testimonies, Ken. You didn't hit a deer. Thank you, Lord. See, your angels were hard at work because we've driven with you before, and we know. We know. You put them to work.
2: I don't
0: I just wanted to read the scripture real quick, and then we'll see how far we get with the uh, the agenda this morning. Um, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25, I'll start there. Make sure, make sure that you never refuse to listen to God when he speaks. This is New Testament, by the way. Okay, This isn't law, this is grace. Make sure that you never refuse to listen to God when he speaks. He gives an example here of the Old Testament, so I'll read it. For the God who spoke on earth from Sinai is the same God who now speaks from heaven. Those who heard him speak his living word on earth found nowhere to hide. So what chance is there for us to escape if we turn our backs on God and refuse to hear his warnings as he speaks from heaven? It's not not a word to make you afraid of God. It's just a word to draw your attention to the importance of listening. The earth was rocked at the sound of his voice from the mountain. But now he has promised once and for all, I will not only shake the systems of the world, but also the unseen powers in the heavenly realm. God is going to shake not only the earth, but also the spirit realm. I believe as we worshiped today, that heaven was shaking the spirit realm. Now, this phrase, once and for all, clearly indicates the final removal of things that are shaking. That is the old order. So only what is unshakable will remain. Since we, kings and priests, royal priesthood in this room, since we are receiving our rights to an unshakable kingdom, I'm going to read the notes on that. It says, since we are receiving our rights, to an unshakable kingdom. That word "rights" is the Greek word paralambano. Boy, I didn't butcher that either, that was okay. Paralambano. And it's often used in classical Greek literature for heirs who have the rights of succession to a throne. Heirs who have the right to succession to a throne, rights to succession. We are truly a royal priesthood. The old order of the Old Testament priesthood is no longer in existence. The word of God tells us in the New Testament that we are not only a priesthood, we are a kingly priesthood. We are a royal priesthood. Because we are seated with Christ Jesus, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords right now in the heavenly realm. We're dual citizenship at this very moment here on earth, but we're also seated with him in heavenly places. So we are in Christ and we are royalty. You are royalty, princesses. You are. In, in God's agenda, in God's economy, you are royalty. You are regal. You have an invisible crown on your head right now. He has marked you with his royalty. So since we are receiving our rights to an unshakable kingdom, we should be extremely thankful and offer God the purest worship that delights his heart as we lay down our lives in absolute surrender, filled with awe. For our God is a holy, devouring God. Most of you have learned this. Our God is an all-consuming fire. I had to look at the notes on that because there's a little note button. The Aramaic, it says, can actually be translated consuming light. Our God is an all-consuming fire. He's a consuming light. In him is light. There is no darkness in our God. So anyway, that was just an appetizer. Got something? towards you the lights bright over there worship was awesome today guys I just for for canned church worship I just love how the Holy Spirit is so faithful to the kingdom people the sons and daughters of heaven he always shows up he always comes he's faithful we don't have to have live musicians it'd be nice someday to have live musicians (laughs) I'm just, I'm giving you a hard time by looking at you. We have worship leaders in the room, you know. You are your own worship leader, by the way. I just want to clarify that. Since you are a a royal priesthood, that means you have been anointed to lead worship. Lead yourself into worship. The day that you said yes to Jesus, you were ordained as a minister of God. You are now in the ministry. I am a pastor disguised as a mailman. Not right now, but tomorrow morning I will be. Whatever you do, you are a minister of the gospel packaged in that profession as a teacher or whatever it is that you do. As a sample lady at Costco, she is disguised as a sample lady at Costco. She is a minister of the gospel. You, each one of you in this room, are pipelines for the kingdom of heaven to flow through. You have direct access to the Father by the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you, and you have a river of life flooding out of your innermost being. You have the life of God, the kingdom life, flowing out of you, out of your innermost being, out of your belly, We won't get into the belly button thing, but it's just interesting. You know, they say the spirit is down here in your belly. Jesus said it's translated both ways, out of your innermost being, and it's also translated out of your belly, rivers of living water. That's probably where people think the spirit is located, right around there. It is where your umbilical cord was at. Anyway, I really felt yesterday, I told Tammy, I'm just going to worship and, uh, soak in the worship set and then i'm going to just ask god to download give me some downloads for today i felt like he gave me a download and i i felt like the theme that he was bursting into my heart was a difficult one for me to actually feel like like i can present because i know everybody in this room and i know that not everyone in this room is always walking in joyful circumstances And I could look at every person in this room and say, yeah, there's not one person in this room that has been excused from unjoyful situations. We've all been in those situations. We may be in one now. But I felt like the theme of joy is what he wanted us to talk about. I feel like joy is so important to him that... He has a way to help us see what joy really is and where it comes from in a way to where it's not something that makes us go away feeling hopeless and empty or rejected because we're not currently at this moment maybe experiencing it, but rather he wants to shift our understanding. Did you guys know that the Apostle Paul, when he wrote the different letters in the New Testament, about two-thirds of everything he wrote has to do with the renewing of your mind. Renewing of your mind. Everything that we are currently experiencing on the inside. Now, I'm talking about our emotions, the, the, our inner world that swirls around, oftentimes influenced by those around us or the circumstances around us. But really, what controls the thermostat on the inside is the the thermostat switch, which is between your ears. So, if we allow someone to mess with our toggle, with our switch, with our dial, if you allow your neighbor or your circumstances or the enemy, it could come from all kinds of sources, but if you allow anyone else other than you and Jesus to change the temperature gauge inside of your thermostat, then you're allowing something from the outside to influence your insides. So Paul was really passionate in, in the word of God. And I didn't create a list of scriptures as examples, but you guys know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Set your minds on things above. Put off the old. Put on the new. Consider. Reckon. Reckon. Declare things dead for your life. Your true life is now hidden in Christ. You know, there's, it's, it's all a shifting of thinking. And so if we're not experiencing joy, it's most likely because we don't really understand or we've forgotten maybe where our joy comes from. So let's, let's look at a couple things. Slide number five. Whoa, what happened to it? Slide number five. I'll just read it from there. There we go. Slide number five. This is a quote from Steve Backland. We will get to some scripture, but these are some good quotes. Our future depends on our belief systems. Our current present reality is the result of our past belief systems. We must go to a higher level in our beliefs. It's called repentance, okay? This is going to be vocabulary 101 today. The word you need to take home today is repentance, and you need to understand the true meaning of repentance. Feeling bad is about 1% of true repentance, okay? Just feeling guilty and feeling bad, being ashamed of yourself, shame, shame, shame. And then going and crumbling down in a ball and being pity partying. That's really not repentance. Oftentimes that's just worldly sorrow, which leads to death. But there is a godly sorrow that leads us to repentance. So about 1% of true repentance is feeling bad. Okay, but God is a good father and he doesn't want to just leave us in our bad emotion, our negative emotion of feeling bad. His goal is not to, my goal is not to make my children feel like crap because they made a mistake. My goal is to address the issue and then restore them to the standard. Restore them to the standard. You are my son, my daughter, who I love, who I lay down my life for, and I will choose to die for before someone else pulls the trigger on you versus me. I'm going first. You go free, I will take the death. So my heart is never to condemn and just to make them feel guilty and bad about something. So feeling bad is about 1% of true repentance. True repentance is changing the way you think about something. Repentance is changing your mind. When we repent to God, we are saying, "I am making a mistake. I'm going the wrong direction. God, I'm repenting. I'm coming back to you and fixing my mind back on what is true and what is your will." He could care less about how bad you make yourself feel about your mistake. Well, he he cares, but that's that is not his goal is to see just how sorry you really are. I mean, prove it to me. That's the devil. The devil's like, prove it to God just how sorry you are by beating yourself up for making a mistake. True repentance is changing the way you think about something. It's not a one-time thing. It's a lifestyle. So congratulations, you have graduated into class 101 vocabulary word repentance, and it is now your lifestyle Now, this would suck if I was telling you that, yes, the rest of your life, you're going to be taking branches, whipping yourself on the back, crawling upstairs of the temple, saying Hail Marys, going to the confessional booth and telling us all your secret sins, and just feeling like a worm for the rest of your life. And that is how you get to heaven. That would be not anything I'm signing up for. (laughs) Jesus came to, to give you life. And he gave, came to give you life abundantly. Okay, so let's take a look at slide number six. Another quote. And yes, we will get to some verses. Benny Johnson, her book from called The Happy Intercessor. I don't know if you guys know much about intercessors, but they do have a reputation in the old days about, of being just very serious, dark people because they're always going after the dark forces. They're focused on the demons and what the demon world are doing. And they're trying to stand in the gap and rebuke the devil. But she wrote this book called The Happy Intercessor. Because God called her to be an intercessor. And she didn't want to be an intercessor like that. So he said, no, I'm going to show you a new way. This is from her book. She says, if we feed ourselves on life and joy and what God is doing. That's what's important. Life, joy, and what God is doing here on the earth. We will live like Jesus lived on earth. But if we feed ourselves on bad news all of the time, if that is our focus in life, then we will live out of fear and despair. What goes in comes out. What you eat, you become. What you worship, you become like. We have a good scripture here. Let's jump ahead to... We'll jump way down. Slide number 16. Speaking of focus, I just typed this down. I'm going to read it for the sake of time. What we focus on will become part of us. If you focus on your past failure, your sin habits, other people's mistakes, which is, in a sense, you're putting yourself in God's judgment seat on them. So if you're focusing on their mistakes, you're making yourself judge. Just want to get that clear. If your focus is on worldly desires and things and possessions, Ferrari. It's okay to want nice things. But if that is all we obsess on, fear of a negative future, those things will shape what we believe and what we focus on will shape who we are and how we present ourselves. People will see it on your life you know when one your children have done something wrong, they have that look. They're just like trying to avoid you. We're probably the same way as adults. We just try to hide. When we're not walking in the light, we don't want to go around people in the light because the light's bright. <laughs> it makes us feel like we're exposed. So anyway, oh, Scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. We can all draw close to him, Jesus, with the veil removed from our faces. And with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. God has one pursuit in your individual life. That is to transform you and take you from glory to glory to glory to become more like Jesus. Not long hair and a beard and sandals, but to be a mirror image representing his heart and ultimately representing the heart of the Father, because that is what Jesus did. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you want to know what God is like, we look at Jesus. If you want to know his character and his will and his heart for people, look at the life of Jesus. Jesus is perfect theology. So now we're going to back up. We're going to look at slide number seven. Romans chapter 14. I have two different versions. I don't want to overuse the Passion Translation because sometimes it's a bit too wordy. If you were here last week, you remember I had you all stand for Romans chapter 8 in the Passion Translation, like 25 slides, and we all read it out loud together. I read it, something like that. You guys asked for it. I was offering to do the English Standard Version, which was about 13 slides. It would have been really fast, but oh, no. You're passionate for the word of God. So it's your fault, not mine. So Romans 14, 17 says, in the English Standard Version, which is a word-for-word translation, if you need a good word-for-word Bible translation, the English Standard Version is very word-for-word. There's not a lot of extra thought added into it. So for the kingdom of God is in the Holy Spirit. Oh, I just skipped out the whole middle part. But I just want to read that again. For the kingdom of God is in the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not removing that part of the word forever. I just want to make a, a point. If you take the meat of that out and you just look at the framework, the kingdom of God is in the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. We need to cry out individually for more of Him. We need to ask him to fill us and fill us and fill us. Holy Spirit, transform my mind. Holy Spirit, open my eyes to see spiritual realities. Holy Spirit, come and open my ears so that I can hear the voice of God. Come and permeate me with power, that dunamis power, that dynamite power that is... is, holding hands with authority to release the things of heaven into the earth. Holy Spirit, burn inside of me and out of me everything that is not pleasing to you. Have your way. I'm yours. I was bought with a price, the Bible says. I no longer am my own. I was bought at a price. The precious blood of the spotless lamb I belong to him. I am his bondservant now. I'm a slave to Christ. I really don't get a choice in what I want to do with my life. But in a sense, I do because he is really good and he knows that once you surrender all that you are to his lordship, his heart becomes part of your heart and his desires will fill your desires. That's why the word of God tells us to delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. When you delight yourself in him, he merges your heart with his desires, and then you start thinking God thoughts. You start desiring God things. So when you're positioned under him and focused on him, and you're being renewed by his word coming into you, then the thoughts you have are going to be his will. It's going to be his heart. The desires are going to come from him. It's just one of the easy things that he set up. That's why worship is so important. If you worship, you're declaring. Dave said, I've been speaking to that toe, and I, I am in Christ, and I, I, am, I am healed by his stripes. I was healed. He's declaring truth, and that is why when I go to work, I love to worship because I'm singing out those words. I'm doing the same thing, but through song. It's a way that God gave me a desire to express that function in just by singing. I like to worship. I like to sing. Do we read it all? Oh, no, we didn't. So the kingdom of God is in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. It's not about rules and regulation. Do this, don't do that. It is none of that religious duty but it's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So if the kingdom of God is in the Holy Spirit and the kingdom of God is broken into those three main sections of righteousness, peace, and joy, there's a reason why Paul was inspired to put joy as like one of the three top things he chose as attributes of God. Jesus was anointed with oil, the oil of joy above all his companions. I think that's in Hebrews. I don't remember if I pulled that one together. I didn't pull that one up. Let's see, for the sake of time, we're gonna snip out a whole bunch of stuff here. So joy, I guess, you know, the reason why... I have those scriptures up there, is to emphasize the fact that joy, it's it's part of him. And if he lives inside of us, then that's one of his attributes that he wants to reflect out of us. And he wants to show you and me the reasons to to be joyful, the reasons to, to rejoice Josh did a good job of sharing some things that were reasons for him to be thankful. And being thankful is a key in rejoicing because when you give thanks, it begins to fill your heart with the things that are, you're joyful over, you're thankful over. And so you repeat those things, you remember those things, you rejoice. If you're not feeling joyful, learn to rejoice. Go back to those things that God did. Go back to the day you were saved the joy of your salvation. David prayed in in, uh, Psalm 51, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Restore it to me. God wants to restore to you and me the joy of our salvation, the joy of the day Jesus came into your life and pulled you out of darkness and showed you how real he was and came into your life and brought transformation. The joy of the Lord is your strength. I like that quote from Steve Backlund. It's just a good one. You know, we don't need joy at the end of the battle. We need it in the middle of the battle. If the joy of the Lord is our strength, then we need it now. Not at the end of the hallway, but right as we're going through the dark hallway, we need the joy. Joy is not about emotion only. It's about what we're believing. It's about what we're setting our our focus on. Let's look at... um, Goodness. Yeah, let's look at slides 14 and 15. So Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. This is Jesus talking about Jesus. Well, it's talking about us first. So as for us we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. This is talking about those who have gone before us. So grandma and grandpa, you're watching from the great, the great cloud of witnesses, and you're cheering us on. So we have all these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. You can almost just picture that. Not up there, but right here. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us. So just take this, guys. Take this truth. So we must let go. Don't hold on like a tight, clenched fist. Your fist is the same size as your heart. Open it and let those things go. We must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then, so there's a thing that has to happen, and then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination for the path has been already marked out for us. So It's important to God that we break off all the stuff that holds us down, like hooks, like fish hooks and fish lines, that just ensnare us and keep us from running with God. And those things are the things that get into our heart, the wounds, the sins, the bitterness, all of that stuff, the, the yuck, the insides of the pumpkin, right? <laughs> just thought to bring that up. It's a little story we're talking about. <clears throat> You're like a Halloween pumpkin. God wants to scoop out the gunk on the inside, all the gross stuff. Yes, it's important. God wants to just cut those lines, but he gives us the choice. We get to choose to forgive. We get to choose to let go of the wounds. We get to choose to put aside the filthy rag of whatever idol we're trying to hold on to. Whatever sin that we think we need to keep in our lives. He's like, just let it go. This can't go with you where I want to take you. Where I want to take you, that stuff has to drop off. (laughs) So I'll let you just stand there and hold on to it, but you're going to be really unhappy. You're not going to walk in my joy because you're not running with me how I've designed you to run.
2: In order to grab on to what God has for us, we first have to let go what we're holding on to.
0: Thank you. You're welcome. Yes. <laughs> See, I knew there was something about the fist and yes. <laughs> Gotta let go of the one thing know, so grab and grab on. on, yes. Just like the when they monkeys reach through the hole and grab something and they can't pull their hand up. Gotta let go of it to get out. So <laughs> the next part of this verse, that was verse one. <clears throat> We look away from the natural realm. See, a lot of people think Paul wrote Hebrews, but we don't really know for sure who the author is, but it just sounds like him because he always talks this kind of stuff about putting aside the focus on the flesh and focusing on the spirit. We look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection, fix our eyes on Jesus. His example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his. His heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his. He is all, excuse me, you are all he is after. He wants you. You are like the treasure that he just can't stop looking for. And once he has you, he just can't wait to pull you out and hold you in his hand and just stare at you. He made you. You are a work of art. He redeemed you and restored you through the work of the cross. And now he can look at you and just speak your purpose and destiny. There is nothing that holds him back from looking at you now. Your sin has been covered. You are wrapped up in complete righteousness. You are hidden in Jesus. He's given you everything. Man, that messes me up. He's given us all things. He's said, all that I have is yours. We are inheritors of God himself. He is our great inheritance. He is our reward. And you are his treasure. So because his heart, this is Jesus' motivation to go through the pain of death on a cross. The most horrible death a human could go through. We won't go into it. Maybe we'll do that on Good Friday or something. Talk about the the torture of the cross. It is excruciating. That's where that word comes from. Excruciating. It's the crucifixion. It was a horrible death, and he knew that there was going to be pain and suffering, not only in the cross itself, but in carrying the, the whole weight of the sin of all humanity in his body on the cross to pay the price for our sin, to take our sin and unrighteousness from us, bear it in himself while on the tree, while on the cross, and in exchange through his burial, death, and resurrection, he would give you and me what we didn't deserve, his righteousness, his holiness. It's the great exchange. That is what was the joy that he set before him. So because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation. And now he sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. See, there is a joy to set before your eyes. But it requires the letting go of things. It requires the changing, the repentance, the things that we're thinking about and dwelling on. He, it's part of who he is. And that part of him, that hope and that joy it's, it's not an emotion. It is, partly, uh, uh, it is partly released from your body of you, who you are through emotion. It does express itself through emotion, but joy is a person. Joy is Jesus. Holy Spirit is joy. He is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So whatever you need, peace, righteousness joy, all of it it comes from him and in order for us to receive it we have to grab hold of it by faith and trust him for it and then we need to allow him to speak to us to help us to take the truth and to allow that truth to change the way we think so that we can actually receive spiritual truth, spiritual reality with our spirit and not just our natural mind why don't you guys stand up Let's stand up. What was that quote that I saw? I took a screenshot of it. It was another Bill Johnson. I like Bill Johnson. He's a pretty cool guy. Joy is peace out loud. Peace is quiet joy. Jesus is the prince of peace. Sometimes if you just want to keep your joy quiet... Joy doesn't have to look like happy, clappy, jumping up and down, laughing. (laughs) I mean, It can. It may manifest that way. You might get hit with holy laughter one day and be laying on the floor, belly laughing. I didn't know it would ever happen to me like it did when Teresa was at her house. I got hit. As she's talking, I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to start cracking up. And I couldn't stop. And it wasn't because I thought of a funny thought and then I couldn't stop thinking about it. No, it's what she was talking about was stirring up something inside of me. Okay, this is what we're gonna close with. I feel like this is, we just need one more snippet of something. Tammy's like, no, don't do it. But yes, I'm rebellious. I'm going to I'm going to declare over us a testimony of breakthrough. Remember guys, when God does something in your life, when there is a breakthrough, a healing, a testimony, that testimony gives you permission to declare that thing that God did. And then in the declaration of what he has done, it prophesies. It it speaks about the nature and the character of God and that he will do it again. If he healed me of something, then he can heal you of something. If he loved me while I was walking in darkness, he surely loves you or whoever out there is walking in darkness. So that means I got to change my perspective. Partly, that's not where I was going with that, but you know, I need to not get so tweaked about people's darkness. I need to remember that I was once there too, but he pursued me with his love. And now we get to represent him. We are his mirrors, the reflectors, as we focus on his face. So here's a testimony of breakthrough in joy and hope. So you can close your eyes or just try to listen carefully. I want to think like God. I want to think like God. Being the person he's created me to be becomes simple when I let go of performance and a focus on unreachable standards and instead begin to let him transform my mind and dispel the lies that have masqueraded as truth for so long. We need to be brave enough to hear the truth about ourselves, his truth. And his truth is wonderfully hopeful. His truth about you is wonderfully hopeful. It goes beyond our wildest imaginations. Life is much more intensely beautiful than we ever thought possible. Dare to think like God dare to think like God. He has made us powerful people who never have to be dictated by our circumstances. We don't have to let someone come turn the thermostat dial on your inner world. He has made you powerful people who never have to be dictated by your circumstances. That was one of the most life-changing things I learned. I actually have the ability to choose what I let affect me. We are capable of walking in perfect peace and joy when we are connected to the heart of Jesus constantly and when our minds and our hearts are only hearing his truth. But it's our choice to be in that place. I think it's like a good habit. You just have to literally Practice peace and joy every day. Practice peace and joy every day. It doesn't happen overnight, especially if you've built a habit of the opposite mindset. But he is so good to lead us through the process of renewing our thinking and letting our emotions become sanctified letting our emotions become sanctified. It is my choice in the moment that begins to create the long-lasting patterns. I love how Bill Johnson puts it, I cannot afford to have a thought in my head that God doesn't have in his. So we lay our hands on our own hearts and we just say, Holy Spirit, sanctify our emotions sanctify our inner world, teach us and give us patience and endurance and perseverance to practice and practice and practice, renewing our minds with hope and with joy. God, we wanna be the people that you have called us to be, a prophetic, apostolic people, those who see and hear what is taking place in heaven, and then we would bring it into our reality through the confession of our faith. We want to take what is in heaven and we want to renew our minds with the way you think because you've told us we have, we already have the mind of Christ. You, Jesus, are our head and we are your body and we are growing up into him who is the head. We are growing up into you. We are maturing into you, becoming that full stature, that full stature of the likeness of the Son of God. We want to represent you in this earth, God. So today, Lord, we just say, let the chains be broken. Let things that are holding us down be broken in the spirit. God, we just, we sever, we sever the lies of the enemy in this room today. And we say, let the Spirit of God release truth into all of the inner places of every heart and mind in this room. Let your voice be heard clearly, Lord Jesus. Let the voice of the Father come and speak destiny and blessing over the sons and daughters of this room. And we just say, transform us. Transformers, We want to become more like you so that when people see us, they see you, they see the hope of heaven, they say, why is there such a hope inside of you? And we will give them a reason. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that our circumstances don't have to dictate to us. They don't have to control us. But we get to choose how our inner world flows. So today, God, we set that apart to you. We sanctify that apart to you. And we say, help us with your grace and your word. In Jesus' name. All right.